your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right, today we're talking about considering divorce. And there's a lot of people who may not get divorced, but they sure consider it. And some people end up getting divorced because they have that idea in their mind of their life would be a lot better without their partner. And, you know, that that can go a long way in, in some people's lives, but not always. You know, you have to understand something. You never really know somebody until you divorce them. That's when you actually know who you've been married to. And, and if you understand that from that component, you will understand that it can be a very deep and dark and very stressful uh, situation to be in a divorce. Divorce is traumatic. And it takes a lot of work. And a lot of that work takes place after the paperwork has been signed. And so we want to really understand the dynamics of what goes into divorce because a lot of people are very naive about what the process looks like. You know, when you first meet with a client as a therapist that's considering divorce, it, it cannot you can you can kind of sense where the scales are tipped based on the amount of apathy that a person has. You know, apathy is the opposite of love. You can love someone and not trust them. But the deal is when you trust someone, the love will grow. But the deal is with apathy, when people hit apathy, that's the opposite of love. That is the actual opposite of love. And, and I can always tell where a marriage is going to head if it's going to be out of gas. And that's when a person knows for certain that they have reached the point of no return. And so uh, a lot of people will consider hate to be the opposite of love, but that's not true. What happens in counseling is if somebody's hating their partner, there's also love there because they're showing feelings. And so that's an important component to understand. If, it, if the desire to stay married is based on moving toward a goal, for example, I want to raise my children in one house with two parents, or I want to work out my anger issues to be a better person, you know, the person's more likely to stay married. But the other thing is, if you're going to get a divorce, the least you can do is learn how to be married. If you're doing marriage as we're going to try to be married, that's not the way to go about it. You have to be all in. It's either will or won't be married. And so the, the, the bottom line is people have to understand that if they've never learned how to be married, they're just going to go into the next relationship and contaminate it with the same amount of crap that they did in their first relationship. You know, it, it's, it's also uh, when people explain that they're staying in the marriage to avoid f pain or fear, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to not see my children. I'm afraid what my spouse will do when they have the children. You know, no, no one is ever going to love me again. This indicates that the marriage doesn't have much healthy binding to it of trust and that those marriages aren't likely to endure. People who talk about divorce and always throw divorce up all the time, when they're bringing up the topic of divorce, that means your partner has to begin planning for not only a marriage, but a divorce and what that would look like. And if you're going to set the mindset of, I have to learn how to either be divorced and married at the same time, they're going to likely end up in the divorce factor because they're preparing 
for the divorce at the same time that they're trying trying to be married to you. You know, uh, uh, many people who are contemplating leaving or moving toward a goal of more likely actually leave those who are averting pain or potential consequences, like if a person's having an affair, oftentimes the fuel to maintain their marriage is not going to be there emotionally. They're giving that to somebody else. And so, you know, emotional affairs are actually more hurtful and more damaging than physical affairs. And I'm not saying either one is healthy because they're not, but the, the emotional affairs means that person, you're invested in them emotionally and that emotional connection is going to drain you from your partner. You know, those that are motivated by avoiding something are, are usually fear-based people. And these people see the world through, through the eyes of whatever problems and negative repercussions might arise from their actions. So they tend to be catastrophizers. So depressed people are more likely to get divorced because, number one, they make emotional decisions rather than rational. They make a decision within a reaction rather than a response. And the other part of it is, is that they are living in fear. Fear and catastrophization is the opposite of a faith-based life. A faith-based life is very action-oriented. It's a very active marriage. When people live in faith, they take lots of chances. They, take, they buy new cars, buy a new house, have children, um, have the holidays, go on vacations. They do things. They do lots of different things and learn from those experiences. And they build up a repertoire of meaning in their life because they're gaining experiences and enjoying experiences together that elicit emotions that make them bond. And so what's really important is the people that are more willing to take risks and go after what they want, they also are going to thrive more in marriage because they have more of what's called a will. They will, a will to live. And people that live in their emotions have a tendency to lose their will and just operate in the great abyss of mediocrity. And so sadly, that's what people will often settle for. The good news is that, that the aspects of decision-making are not necessarily set in stone. If you're primarily a fear-based person, but rather be an action faith-based person, you could push through your fears, accomplish your goals, because most people need some training or support to make these changes. But it, it is an altercation that, that that an alteration that anyone can make you know with the decision as big as whether or not to stay married it is imperative that you consider the possible ramifications number one your income is likely going to be cut in half and if you have children that means their opportunities are going to be cut in half if you have children they are the victims and never forget that while you're battling in court to prove how awful your partner is um, and to prove to the world that you're justifiable in getting a divorce, uh, as you're throwing their college money out the window, uh, you really need to consider the fact that your children are very important and very dependent and the purpose for them to be on this planet is now going to be gone because you're getting divorced. And by the way, oftentimes people forget that people, they come, that they develop relationships later on, end up being, uh, having a contaminated life too with lots of decisions and lots of ramifications and lots of debt and lots of other problems and diseases or whatever. 
and and you just can't forget that you, you know the grass is not always greener on the other side but the bottom line is the children are the ones that have to endure the changes and they have no power in the situation whatsoever so childish misbehaving adults will make divorce a battleground they will power play with each other and they will waste every resource that they ever created together you know there's so many people who don't want divorce because they're afraid of losing their parenting relationship uh, 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 with their children. And, and that relationship is now going to be divide and conquer. And, and so what we have to understand is that is not a good model for marriage for a children, to watch their parents just coexist, maybe if it's safe, maybe if they have a reasonably decent, safe relationship, maybe if they respect each other's boundaries, that would be great. But the bottom line is, is, and we'll talk about that kind of marriage later on in the show, but the deal is, is that uh, those parents, those parents oftentimes if they're fighting and they're being nasty with each other and they're saying horrible things and they're escalating on each other all the time, those kind of people are teaching their children that that's what marriage is all about because God forbid you need to know this, and I think you do, that we tend to do what our parents did when we grow up. And so if divorce is going to be a factor that you're going to drop into your family, please realize that there's probably ramifications that your children are going to divorce also down the road. You know, almost everyone feels a pinch financially immediately following a divorce. Women and men tend to be impacted differently. But both spouses usually see at least a temporary decline in their standard of living, especially if they're trying to live in a one-income home. The person making the income is going to be resentful of the one that's not making the income, and the one that's not making the income is going to be resentful of the person making the income because nothing is ever enough for both of them. You know, not only do you feel the fallout of stressed parents, but they have to stop participating. Kids have to stop participating in sports, extracurricular events, uh, schooling. Sometimes they can't invite their friends because they're so embarrassed about where they're now living. Sometimes they have to change schools. And that could be very traumatic, especially in high school for kids who have established friends. And so, the, you know, you have to understand also kids that are in the middle of a divorce from their with their parents that their their factor is being factored in by the parents of their friends because now they're afraid that whatever your that that child's parents are doing by getting divorced that's going to rub off on them and so sometimes kids lose their friends because of the factors that are involved in them uh, being involved in a divorced family. You know, if you acknowledge that, uh, you know, that that intimacy is leaving and take advantage of your current financial stability, putting money aside for attorneys, that would be wise. Take your time. Do a do a, a responsive decision, a logical decision if you're going to do a divorce rather than plan on it and actually talk about it and actually talk about how it's going to go before it ever happens. You know, uh, anyone who has ever run a corporation knows that there's they have to learn a lot about how to spin a lot of plates in the air. Well, you know, that's running a household is the same thing. You've got to do it more as a business. And people forget this. Divorce is a business deal. It is a business deal. It's not an emotional deal. It's a business deal. And until you can make it a business deal, you're not going to reach a good agreement with your partner. 
You know, when you're in charge of a family, you're on duty 24 7, 365. Even when you're on vacation, you hold the well being of everyone in the household in your hands. Everything from brushing teeth to food to clothing, following their school, arranging and supporting their social lives, coordinating after school, extracurricular events. And we're talking about people that have, you know, children and, and having to deal with their, their, their sleeping the right amount. That's a lot of work. But if you're going to divorce, you're going to find that it's going to be a lot of lot twice as much more work than you thought it was going to be because now you are having to do all that for them 24 by 7 by yourself. And that can be a really stressful place to be. You know, in a perfect world, when parents split, their households will be similar enough that kids don't have to do much of the acclimating. You know, that doesn't always happen. But if you're the hands-on parent and you want to be kind – uh, for your kids' sake, create a list of things uh, uh, that must be tracked for a month and share that with your ex so that that person can make room in their calendar with their resources to try to implement what the children need in their life. You know, th there's going to be mistakes, that, but you have to be resilient. You have to get back up quickly when you fall. When you're in charge of things, you can't afford to waste time not knowing what it's about. So it's okay to ask your older kids a question or two, but don't lean on them. Don't treat them differently with more responsibility, like having to raise their brothers or sisters. That is very difficult to lose your childhood because your parents divorce. You know, not everyone is going to need uh, uh, or want a partner after a divorce. But for those who do, don't be afraid to meet someone new. You know, going online is how many people find partners these days. But the deal is, if you're going to go on a date, go get some coffee. Don't have an agenda to do anything else but drink coffee with that person and sit down and just talk. Because that's where you're going to assess whether you have the connection, the emotional chemistry with each other in that moment. You know, and, and so don't waste your child's lives by you going out on dates after dates after dates. Make your dates goal be I'm making a new friend and don't have any expectations beyond that. You know, and you also want to let let friends and neighbors know that you're single if you're going to divorce because they may have to keep an extra eye on your children, your house, your belongings, your animals or whatever. And you may have to lean on them and, and see what kind of factor they can do be in your life and making sure that they are also safe. Um, you know, grieving, you know, is, is a major part of a divorce, a grieving of the loss of the changing of relationships with your children, the the, the loss of the stability, the loss of the marriage, the loss of the home, uh, the loss of income. There's so much loss involved in it. And it really requires a lot of patience and a lot of strength. You know, it, it the time it takes to emotionally recover from a divorce depends on a variety of factors. If you've been thinking about it for years and years and years, you may have already grieved your divorce. You may already be at the point where it just doesn't matter. But if you just emotionally commit to a divorce because you've had a bad argument over and over and over again, you're probably not thoroughly prepared for the consequences of what's going to happen. So, you know, the tool for overcoming divorce include, uh, you know, reading, having a strong support network, keeping a journal, seeking some professional therapy to try to keep yourself objective. 
because that is critical. When you're going through a divorce, you want to be as objective as possible. The other thing is you have to stop looking for respect where you used to expect to get respect because there's not a lot of respect in the divorce when your life is being carved in half. And so what you have to understand is is if you're expecting respect, you're going to be enraged all the time if you're in the middle of a divorce. So what you have to begin to understand is I have to be able to willing to hear people's accusations because people lie all the time in family court and, and nothing ever holds them accountable. They lie, 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 and the judge knows they lie and the lawyers know they lie and the lawyers are lying and everybody's lying because they're trying to paint a picture to win a case. And so the bottom line is um, you really have to come into the idea of in a divorce, I'm going to be disrespected. I'm going to be afraid at times. And those are the triggers that cause rage. So if we're able to go, OK, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you think that way. I'm sorry that's your perception of this. And just leave it without trying to change other people's perception or trying to prove yourself to be right or trying to prove that your partner is such an awful person. That is the wrong forum to do that. You need to turn down the disrespect factor. You need to turn down the fear factor way down to where you're not triggered by that. Otherwise, you're going to make a lot of stupid decisions in the middle of court and after court. You need to calm down and get back to your logical self. That is the test of a divorce. It will test your character as a person. You know, couples get divorced every day, and I've seen countless people go on and heal. And believe it or not, in many situations, these once grief-stricken people actually have a much better life even uh, when they would never have chosen to end things with their ex. Sometimes getting outside of a very toxic, unhealthy marriage, like one that's full of abuse and neglect, uh, that may be the best thing. And it may be these codependent people who stay in these relationships for no other reason but to stay, they may have a better life if they actually had the courage to step out. The problem is don't go pick the same thing. Get some therapy and figure out why you're codependent and how not to be and how to discover and create a life of your own before you merge your life with somebody else. You know, there, there's, uh, it, it, there's a lot of people that have trouble also getting over their ex. You know, um, some people feel like they're stuck, you know, and, and it's normal and healthy to see the world through the lens of your divorce or, or relive moments of your marriage. That is memories. And what's really sad is when people get divorced, those memories that were made in the marriage, including the ones together with your children, get pitched out the window. Pitched out the window because the next person you're with does not want to have to deal with your old memory with your old partner. That is the last thing they want to be faced with. Whatever you keep, it better be stored somewhere where they don't have to see it. That's the bottom line. You're going to have to rebuild and recreate a new life in the life of divorce. Okay, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk a little more about grieving, and then we're going to talk about finances. So come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about considering divorce. You know, the folks who get stuck... In the idea of having gone through a divorce, they tend not to want to feel any negative emotions. They, they don't want to talk about their problems with others. They feel like they, they can and should get through things on their own. They feel a lot of shame about their situation. They isolate, and they tend to lose hope that life can or will get better. And, and uh, most people, these, these characteristics become habits and choices that change who they are and change the trajectory of their life. And if there's addiction or mental health issues, it can even be more challenging with those various features. The, some of the things that are healthy to do is, is, is journal, read books, get therapy, you know, maybe join a support group or take a, a divorce recovery class. Allow yourself to be where you are and don't try to rush the process of grieving. If you want to feel better, that means acceptance and peace with where you're headed is the factor that you focus on. And what is peace? Peace requires having faith that things will get better. You know, if you're at the point also where your marriage, where you're seriously considering divorce, then you want to ask yourself some questions. One of them would be around, you know, have have you done everything to save your marriage? You know, um, have you seen a therapist? Have you done some uh, tune-up, you know, of, of the marriage? Have you gone to some kind of workshop or something? Have you sought pastoral help if you're a Christian? You know, the bottom line is, have you done everything? If you haven't, if you haven't, then I would challenge you to have to understand that you're probably making an emotional decision that you will regret in many ways. 
rather than a logical decision? Are you prepared to survive on your own, especially emotionally and financially? That's the other part. And if you are, then you aren't, then you ought to prepare for that. You know, it has it been a long time since you were intimate or affectionate with your spouse, holding hands, kissing, taking a romantic vacation? If that's not been the case, maybe that's something you could do. You know, does everything about your spouse irritate you? That's where people are often ready for divorce. And it may actually be that you yourself are irritating. You yourself may have depression. You yourself may have anxiety or other issues. So, you know, think, consider the fact that am I projecting everything I hate about myself onto my partner? Am I actually divorcing myself? You know, do, do you and your spouse argue almost daily or, or do you ever laugh together? These are questions you often want to ask yourself if you're thinking about a divorce, seeking kinder, gentler divorces, more couples like usually the baby boomers are turning to a collaborative, intelligent divorce. Besides avoiding the courtroom and having the judge make all the decisions for you as adults, that is a sad place to be because they're going to run into formulas, 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 formulas. That's what court is about in family court in divorce, formulas. They all have a formula. Just follow the formula. And if you can't follow formula, then what's going to happen is you're going to battle, 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 battle for what you feel you should be given based on the formulas. You know, how do you want to spend your money? You know, the process does take a village. You know, it's done in a, in a team of, of several people, lawyers, uh, people that are uh, uh, financial professionals oftentimes are participating. Therapists are participating. Friends, family are all participating and supporting you. And, and you want to see if that team of people can rally around you and help you build your life by yourself. You know? The rewards of a collaborative divorce is huge. You learn to work out issues and say things in a much better way. And litigated divorces can also damage, first and foremost, your pocketbook. Divorces that go to trial, you may pay, and, and this is on the average, at least $100,000 just to get to the courthouse steps. And that's all the paperwork trying to battle back and negotiate between attorneys. And, and I'm talking about only on one side, 100000 Both sides are going to end up paying 100000 or more. It's not just one. And so people are, are raiding their retirement accounts just to pay for divorces. Of course, for some people, that's the greatest investment they've ever made is to finally get divorced from the turd that they married. You know, and God forbid people do lose their feelings for each other. And that's a sad thing. But, you know, you can also fall in and out of love your whole life and and what's interesting is is people that fall in and out of love know that they can come back to their partner know that there is some essence there that will bring them back you know the problem is in divorce just like in life if you don't take care of yourself your health your mental health your well-being your body you're going to become ugly to your partner too if you become ugly as yourself. And so we as people have the responsibility in marriage to take care of ourselves, take care of our health, take care of our body, and not live our uh, uh, life giving our, our spouse some miserable uh, compromise of what you began, to, what you were before they met you. You know, and it's sad, but people do that. 
And despite courtroom ugliness, some people just want to punish their spouses as long as possible. They'd rather pay attorneys, even though there's no guarantee that they'll win. And and uh, you basically are never going to be back to who you really are until you get through the process of trying to torture your partner for as long as you possibly can in court. And some people have the resources to do that, and sadly, they enjoy doing that. And though it seems that lawyers are the only ones calling the shots when it comes to how much a divorce will cost, couples actually have more control than they think. The cost of a divorce is entirely based on how reasonable, fair, and honest the couple is with each other. If they can communicate calmly, not lie about assets and income, not fight about inconsequential minor things, a divorce can be as much as uh, as little as fifteen hundred bucks, and and have it finalized in a matter of weeks. But they have to be willing to compromise. You know, absent of the, the equanimity, it's safe to say that most divorces, uh, most people spend thousands of dollars and months of legal wrangling to 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 go, go their separate ways. And that's why during that emotional, tense and often acrimonious life event, it pays to stay calm and be candid about finances. Stop emotionally attaching to finances because that is going to be split in half and it's going to be big and it's horrible and you've got to recognize that that's what you're running into and that's the consequence you know fighting about uh, minor parenting issues yeah it's important for your children to have a, a, a really steady time with both parents during the split and what that means is chunks of time not dividing a day that is the stupidest thing you could do to your children. If you want to destroy their sense of attachment and relationships, make them bounce back and forth between mom and dad's house constantly, especially if mom and dad still don't get along. You know, you want to be flexible. And the other thing that people don't realize is when your kids are over 14, most police are not going to be dragging your kids over to the other spouse's house because of the paperwork. Those kids can make their own decisions. And at 14, that's when they probably should be able to have as much say as possible, maybe even younger than that, in where they're going to be. Because they want to have a life too. They want to have a set of friends too. They want to have resources. They want to be able to be on teams and do things, do activities. They don't want to be stuck with one or the other parent while they could actually be having fun and being with their friends. Let them be children. Stop being such a turd and using them as a place to negotiate with each other constantly. Be the parent. Be the grown-up. You know, not being flexible uh, flexible is a huge part of what happens uh, when people want to spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of legal fees arguing who would pay for a $10 internet charge for their daughter or son, or, or, or even if they feel it's the other parent's responsibility, it's rarely financially sensible to argue about minor financial points. It's silly. You know, if you're going to treat your lawyer like a therapist, then they're going to be paid. They're paid on an hourly rate, and I can guarantee you they likely make a heck of a lot more than most of us therapists do and have very little training. You know, keep your legal bills from mounting by saving your emotional discussions for friends, a therapist, or family. Stop using your attorney to comfort you. You're not going to hide behind your attorney. They're not going to save you. They're going to negotiate a business deal for you. That's what you have to keep in mind. You know, state by state, a lot of laws vary. 
as far as divorce is concerned. One of the most first requirements, where, wherever the divorce is taking, is a detailed financial statement listing sources of income, assets, and living expenses. And most divorce attorneys will give their clients a worksheet to guide them through the process and help them. And especially if family businesses are involved, the calculations may not be as straightforward. And there is a lot of state law to, in most states, to help you navigate that and know what to expect financially. You know, some couples choose to forego attorneys in favor of working with a mediator. And I think that's super important, especially if the mediator is an attorney. A mediating attorney. Can you imagine one attorney representing both people and mediating a divorce? That's going to go right down whatever state law offers is what they're likely going to mediate. And there is not a lot uh, outside of state laws that, that can be negotiated unless you guys want to give in on certain things. It's a big waste of time when clients insist on fighting over minor stupid things. It's, you know, the principle of the matter. Well, principle can cost you, cost you a lot. How about compromise? How about adult compromise? You know, if you're the one that wants to get divorced, you may often feel sad or loss or fear anxiety. And whether or not you, you initiate the, the split, one is often unprepared for just how big of a life transition divorce really is. And so now we're moving from finances into just a more broader spectrum of things to think about if you're going to consider divorce. You know, in the process of letting go of your past married life, you need to begin to create your new life, which often begins tremendous inter interpersonal growth and personal growth. However, you, until you get there, you will likely feel a great amount of fear, anxiety of the unknown, and it takes work, but you will find happiness on the other end. And oftentimes you can find happiness by consulting other people that have been divorced, that can give you the sense of the process of how it goes. You know, there is life on the other side. If that's where you're going to go, there is freedom on the other side. There is the ability to create a new and different life. There is the ability to develop a different set of values to maybe embrace your faith for the first time in your life. Just because you're divorced, all your problems don't just disappear. You still need to deal with your ex, particularly if you have children. And so you need to remember that, that whatever you're going to say and do to your ex is going to come back on you because you're still having to deal with them over and over and over regarding your children. And putting your kids in the middle is one of the most painful things you could possibly do to your children. Make them pick a parent? That is stupid. But people do it all the time because they're immature. And so, sadly, the divorce becomes the battleground of what mom did to me and what dad did to me. And dad's this and mom's that and label, label. These are two people who created you, the child. How confusing is that to be to wonder why am I on this planet when these two people hate each other so much? What the hell happened? What am I, what am I doing here? You know, putting kids in the middle is terrible thing to do to them. God forbid people just have so little maturity and so few boundaries that they will just toss them into the middle of the divorce. And let's hope that people can cool it and come to a logical, decision-making, decisive, adult relationship to coolly and calmly work through a divorce. You know, once the divorce papers are signed, 
the real work begins at that point. You need to heal from the emotional turmoil of a bad marriage. You need to learn to be happy alone before you can enter a new relationship. You need you need to now create two new homes after divorce with the same resources as much as you can mirrored to the original. And you need to go back to work, which can be a huge challenge if you've been home with your kids for so many years or if you're going back to work and your income is now half of what it once was. You know, your self-esteem will likely need a boost. And, and after working so hard at a relationship that ultimately failed, there is that sense of failure to you. And that sense of failure can really irritate a human being. It can really make your life difficult. So finding answers, finding interest, finding other people that are healthy in your life is a very important component of what we need to do if we're considering a divorce. Also, your kids may not tell you how they feel, though it may become, you know, that may come out through their behaviors but oftentimes kids don't know how to communicate to their parents anymore because they don't know who they are because they're getting divorced. You know, it's important to watch your kids' actions and behaviors. You know, do they do they not go to sleep anymore? Um, you know, are they fighting with each other or showing signs of depression? These are all aspects that kids will go through as their behavioral problems that where there weren't behavioral problems. You know, that's the kind of stuff that you're going to see when people are getting divorced with their kids oftentimes. You know, uh, some people say their kids are doing great, but if we go a little further, we find out maybe it's not as great as we thought. Maybe they're just sitting in their room uh, on the Internet all the time, and God forbid we don't know what they're doing in there. So we have to understand that there are ramifications on our children, and we need to stay plugged in with them if we divorce. You know, Talk to your kids about what they're thinking and feeling. You know, if you've been divorced for a while, have questions and keep keep track of your children's emotional well-being. That's a very, very important aspect of a, what an adult should do uh, before getting divorced or while they're divorced and after they're divorced. You don't want to rush through the process of a divorce. You need time to adjust. You need time to make clear decisions. And you want to be able to set a life that you can live for many years. You know, you may lose some friends, the ones you thought would always be there for you and vice versa. And, and it's very surprising to me, but I see it all the time. Some people actually think divorce can be contagious. And so what they do is any friends that are getting divorced, they defriend them because they don't want to have to deal with that in their own life. They're afraid of what's going to happen. Now you're single. Now you have access to my wife, to my husband, and you're single. Oh, my God, that's a threat. So, you know, we have to understand that you have cooties when you get divorced. You also want to let go and forgive your spouse. It can only hurt you and your children to not forgive. Forgive them for your own sake. And that means understand that there was a process leading to the divorce that really should be analyzed rather than the outcome of a divorce. All right, we're going to take another break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about healthy divorce. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, 
a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking about considering divorce. And when people are considering divorce, they also sometimes consider what's called a parenting marriage. So when your marriage is in trouble, you sometimes don't have options uh, without much pain or sacrifice. You, you can divorce, separate, stay in the marriage, get creative, change the marital rules. You know, there's a lot of trade-offs that you can do. Everyone knows that divorce is extremely difficult on many fronts. And not only is it a tremendous loss— but it's also can be quite challenging financially and socially. And this is especially true when the couple has children. You know, for those kind of reasons, many couples choose to avoid drastic disruption and drop off in the standard of living and in the breaking up. And instead, they stay together and tough it out. And this alternative has its own set of consequences, you know, of having to un- uh, suffer an unhappy, sometimes even unbearable situation, like feeling like a fraud, not being true to yourself, having a sense of life is simply passing you by. But if you think about it, you know, the greatest reason for sort of wanting to stay is to provide stability for kids, allow both both of you to see the kids every day, be involved in their activities, help them do their homework, and tuck them in at night. And after many uh, uh, thing, uh, many discussions about the process of should we stay or should we go, there might be some out-of-the-box solutions in that. And so, you know, if you think about the ingredients that would make a person want to stay together in a parenting marriage, it would look like this that you've been stuck in indecision for a long time you and you're not ready to make a decision, that you and your spouse share goals for your kids, you have similar parenting styles, you actually respect each other, you both agree to romantic foundation of your marriage is pretty much gone, you trust each other, you're both emotionally mature, you both can handle your spouse having a separate life and eventually possibly dating, and you don't mind going against societal norms. You know, it, it, another ingredient is you're ready to do something different than what you've been doing. 
And the best thing about a parenting ma- marriage is that it's versatile. And for, for those still in a marital indecision, uh, I guess I would call it a cycle, the parenting marriage can be used as, as like a timeout. And it can and you can figure out the direction to go. You know, it's like a pause button. And, you, you know, you don't want to make a knee-jerk decision, which will lead to something consequential. But couples uh, are able to get their relationship back on solid ground once they have a sense of perspective. And when, when couples do reunite after getting on the other side of their difficulties, they're very grateful for each other that they didn't pursue a divorce during that time. You know, uh, as a step in the divorce process, couples often create a prenuptial agreement when doing a a parenting marriage. They end up having decisions about dividing assets, time with kids, other items that need to be negotiated. You know, one of the things that is oftentimes a really good idea is to get what's called a legal separation so that you're not responsible for each other's expenses. Um, you know, you likely don't have to redo your divorce, but it could be helpful to save money on a divorce. Uh, you can you can pretty much set the divorce up before you actually get divorced. And as a long term way of life, parenting marriage is something that need not end. Even after the kids have moved out, it may sound strange, but because partnering provides people with stability socially, emotionally, financially, it doesn't have to stop simply because the kids and the spark of being physical attraction is gone. You know, a lot of people continue living in the same house, different parts of the house. They've continued being social with their friends. And they they have family vacations together. They also have their own lives. And it's really opposite of what our culture tells us is acceptable. But if two people get along well and like each other, why can't they stay together that way? Unfortunately, you can't avoid pain when your marriage is in trouble. All avenues require you to give up something. Putting kids first by doing a parenting marriage is definitely not conventional, but it can provide a compromise between staying and going for you as the parents. And it's, it's not for everybody, however, because it can be really challenging, especially if you're being abused or neglected uh, in the marriage. If that is the case, that would probably not be a good idea for a parenting marriage. You know, and if you think about men, uh, men tend to want to make everything about the business of getting divorced. And that's great because, you know, they, they want to be able to show that they can handle anything. And yes, the divorce is a business deal. I said that earlier, and it's very important to understand. But you also have to understand there is an emotional in, uh, 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 ingredient here that calls for both of you to have empathy for each other. You married this person. You've been with this person. You obviously shared some life together. You owe it to each other to be c- compassionate with each other for hurting and for making these great drastic changes. Compassion is First and foremost, if you can do that, we don't have the bloody, horrible, torturous divorce that ends up in court with the judge to decide everything in your life. You know, it can be devastating, especially for women uh, uh, that receive a divorce when they have been raising children and not working. That is very traumatic for a woman. That's also traumatic for a man that chooses to play that role in a marriage. And so we have to understand that there needs to be financial and and resource uh, 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 compromise and compassion for, for that person so they can begin to build their life. You know, men tend to focus solely on the financial and business aspects of the settlement at the expense of the welfare of their kids or their ex-wife. Like some guys and some people will use their finances. Okay, 
I don't want to pay more than such and such in child support. So I'm going to keep the kids on every other weekend. And then they do nothing with them. They do nothing. They act like they're not even alive. You know, and that's sick that people will choose their finances, choose a formula in divorce and not participate as a parent. That's why I say there is parents in this world and there's breeding stock. Unfortunately, a lot of people get married that are breeding stock. You know, bullies uh, usually uh, cause harm to others through humiliation, fear and other tactics like social isolation or dominate and control. Well, guess what happens when people go to court and they're fighting with each other? They bully each other because they know it's going to cost you something, either emotionally or financially or whatever. And they want to hurt, 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 hurt. And that's what they use to hurt you. You know, and unfortunately, you see the bully in court all the time between two people who can't stand each other, who actually got married and had children and did all this great stuff together. And then all of a sudden they hate each other and they want to tear each other's lives apart and they want to torture each other. Stupid, 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 stupid. You know, if you also move on too soon, that's called a rebound. And I can tell you the honeymoon phase is nice, but that's not where life is lived. The honeymoon phase fades. The honeymoon phase is there so you will breed, and that is for the preservation of our species. So you need to understand that there's not a lot of logic in the honeymoon phase. There is a lot of deception. There's a lot of deceit. There's a lot of delusions, and there is a lot of sex. And so generally during the honeymoon phase, we move on. We make new decisions because we haven't had sex in our marriage for 50 years, and now all of a sudden we're having sex. And so, oh, my God, I've missed all this. I've got to have this. Blah, blah, blah. You know, stupid, stupid, stupid. Take time. You know, you want to feel sadness. You want to feel loss. You want to understand what it was like to lose love. You want to understand what it's like to have to look for a new partner. You want to look for somebody that you know their finances, you know their health, and you also know their money in the bank. If you don't know that, then you are in the wrong direction. You need to know that as an adult with children, as a single a partner, you need to marry somebody who is responsible. If you want to have breeding stock, go breed. But do not marry somebody who has nothing to offer in the middle of your life. That is stupid. You're in your earning years or maybe just beyond it, and now you're going to marry somebody that has no resources? Stupid. That's not a good thing to do. We don't want to do that kind of stuff, but people do it all the time because of their sex organs. Sadly, sadly, that's what happens. You also want to know that that person doesn't have substance problems because oftentimes people do in midlife. Sometimes people have that as a fallback when they get divorced. They go through a lot of dumb things. Some people end up getting herpes or getting gonorrhea or getting diseases simply because they're out there breeding with anything they can breed with. You're an adult. Grow up, take accountability for yourself, and be a much more responsible human being because here's the deal. You get a divorce, you've destroyed your integrity. You have torn down the covenant and the promise and the, 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 that you made when you got married in front of all those people. All those people saw you get into the contract and the covenant of a marriage and then you broke it. You are deceiving yourself to believe that you still have integrity. You have lost integrity, and you end up losing your integrity when you're old, 
You will be by yourself. You'll be in a nursing home with nobody showing up. You will be in a hospital with a heart attack and nobody shows up because you didn't value your integrity. So if you're going to get divorced, don't marry something worse. Marry something that brings something better to your life, that brings something that that makes you more mature, that it challenges you and is is not just a sex partner, not just arm candy. That is not what you need. And that if you have children, that's not what they need. You know, not being in, in, in love with your spouse is part of every relationship. And you have to understand that there's pockets where you're just not in love. For instance, many times when people are raising children, they're spending all their time raising children and very little time trying to please each other or be on each other's radar. And so a lot of couples lose the love for each other. And what's really important is you don't lose the friendship. You want to have the friendship in order to build on that so you can get back to love. You know, trust is the essence of what makes a relationship work, not love. You can love and not trust, but when you trust, the love will grow and grow and grow. That's what you work on in marriage. If you're married to a partner that you can't trust and you never will trust, you may as well find yourself a new partner. But if you're going to find yourself a new partner, you need to make sure that they are forthcoming and honest person. Because if they don't have that element, they don't have the maturity to be in it with you as I will be married to you. It's to try to be married to you if you've got a liar. And you've got to understand that. If they don't value trust, they don't value a relationship. And they probably don't have many good relationships because they lie. You know, we haven't always married for love. We used to marry for much more practical purposes, uh, political hierarchy, financial welfare, uh, keep assets and family lines. You know, love was actually considered dangerous in some cultures for the fact that people did stupid things when they were in love. And so understanding that if we're going to marry just for love, that's probably not going to last. Um, and we need to marry because it's the, we're the right person. We work together. We're our best friends. Women want to be cherished. Can't be the man I am without her. Don't even know why she's with me. I don't even, I'm just so lucky to have her. It's, it's that way when I'm with her. It's that way when I'm not with her. Men want to feel respected. That means they want to feel as if they have a voice. If, if a woman talks over you all the time and is not a good listener and a man is not a good listener, if you do not do the job of being married by being a good listener, you, a man, especially if he feels like he has no voice with his wife, feels demasculated. And that means he's no longer a man. So he's not going to want to cherish you if you're a nag. And so we have to understand that each other, we have to give each other what each other needs. Love, respect, and cherish. All right, that's our show. You know, I love hearing from you, and, and I want to thank you for listening. And you, you can get in contact with me via our webpage, voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. We also now have a Facebook page. So remember, you can't fix stupid, but you can divorce it. Also, marriage is the number one reason for divorce. Also, many ex-spouses have three spirit animals, lion, ass, cheetah. Also, you can divorce for spiritual reasons. They think they are God, and you didn't. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. 
Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 